0: Um, but God had it, has it very much on my heart because of the gifts you guys have given ex- externally, monetary is receiving. And, um, first just through circumstances and sitting back and receiving God's love, um, I am so thankful. Whether you're receiving his love, and it's not always in doing, it's just receiving his love. As Jeff mentioned, Easter coming. You know, Jesus was covered in our yuck, perfect, and covered in our yuck, in our sin, and he was gross. At the t- point in time he went to the cross because he was had all our sin on, it, on him. And he went to the cross and took all that sin, and he didn't stay there. And we can receive that forgiveness. We can receive that love. And that same holy power from the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. He promises to us, and is with us, and can receive him. And knowing that love, um, and studying him, and knowing him, the the comfort, the peace the forgiveness, the faithfulness, like the who he is goes just studying him in all circumstances and receiving him. Then bringing it home to my church family, I am so thankful of God working through everyone in receiving cards, receiving food, and receiving the gift, financial gift. Um, It's a true blessing, and God's love poured out through you and to Todd and I, and us just receiving all that you have to give, and receiving the prayers, and us praying for one another, each of us in all of our circumstances. it does mean a lot and you feel it. And I'm sure there's people that have experienced feeling God's presence through prayers. And yep, that's what I have to say. Thank you, and Todd's doing well.
1: Thank you, Colleen. And you can clap, you can clap. I'm also reminded how God gives us people, and we don't know how long they're going to be with us or a part of our local church. And Phil and Julie Gore, who have been apart, they have just moved to Iowa or Idaho, one of those I states out west. And it was so good to have them apart, but it was so encouraging to hear from them how at home they felt being here. And then it is kind of sad that, but you felt at home, why are you leaving? But it's a reminder that what God gives us, we make the most of every opportunity because we don't know how long that will be. So be intentional with our giving and our receiving and our love of God that it would overflow out of us. But let us pray. Jesus, we thank you because you are good. But Father, we thank you because you've called us to your purpose, to your mission. You desire us to be used of you, to be strengthened by the experience of knowing you, of helping others as you have helped us. And Jesus, we just lift up those that are sick, those that are struggling, those that are in turmoil. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be so strong that they couldn't help but obey and receive you. We pray for those that are just weak and sick and just need someone that you would uh, use Christians to respond in obedience, to bring a smile or bring a meal or bring a prayer and just to lead others towards your hope and your goodness. So Father, we thank you that you desire to use us, help us to be available and obedient to you. We lift up those that um, just need a special touch from you today. And we thank you, God, because you're quick to Bless us with your goodness. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, amen. And I do thank you for your prayers for myself as I uh, met with the friend last Sunday afternoon. It was a difficult situation and we continue to pray, but God just opens doors. Um, I had a built in excuse not to go. And uh, that built in excuse actually texted me and said, I can't go with you because I didn't want to bring in my friend to go to this other friend for whatever reason. And then my friend said, Well, I can't go play basketball tonight. So you're on your own. It's like, oh, So I can go, and sometimes when we think, oh, I have it out, I have something else, God changes our plans for His purpose, and um, it is always a good thing. But uh, as we just think about the service today, we do thank you for your continued giving tithes and offerings, whether it's online or in person, whether it's uh, going to the chapel campus or mailing checks, donations to um, our physical address. We're just so fortunate that God would use us to reach out in these ways. And we thank you because it takes Christians to be obedient to God's call where we can bless others in miraculous ways. So thank you uh, for those things. Where you continue in Acts, and in Acts 9, verse 32, Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda, or Lydda. I don't know exactly how you say it, but it starts with an L. And so Peter was traveling, and then you're like, Peter was traveling? Wait, haven't we been talking about someone else? else? Yes. Saul, is mentioned, as we completed last week, Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. So Saul was hanging out and staying around the people, and he was preaching boldly. And now Saul, we talk about, well, he debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. So this was Saul's experience. And I put in too many verses, but that was Saul's experience. But then we look at the book of Acts. Well, the book of Acts is Dr. Luke sharing with his friend Theophilus who God is and what God did in and with and through his other brothers. So uh, Luke is telling his friend about his other Christian brothers, what God had done and did and is doing. And so I have said repetitively, Who are you learning from walking with investing in? Who has invested in you? Who has shared a story about God's love in you? Or who's just shared a story with you that you cannot remember? Maybe you should forget it, but for whatever reason, it makes you think or laugh. And something happened with Luke telling Theophilus about his friends has changed the world. And this is what's taking place. Luke did not just tell Theophilus about Saul, but also about Peter, Who do you share your stories and what stories are you sharing with others? Every moment, save this moment, is but a memory. Every moment, save this very moment, is but a memory. What memories are you making? What memories are you giving and investing others? Every moment, save this moment, is a memory. We can be a part of God using us to give a memory of hope, of faith, of God's truth and goodness. So we go on in Acts 9. There he, Peter, met a man named, uh, I'm going to say Arenas. So that's not his name, but I think of there's a basketball player, and his name was Gilbert. Arenas And it was spelt similar, just had an R. So I just thought, you know, make the Bible applicable. If you're reading the Bible, it's like, it's boring. Is that making any sense today? Oh, I know I need to. Just change a name. Like, don't change Jesus' name. Like, don't, like, become a heretic. But make it like, oh, Arenas, that's a name I know. So this guy, Arenas, had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Gilbert Arenas, the basketball player, he actually had to have micro-fracture knee surgery because he blew out his knee. So it connected the dots. For me, in a way, because let's be honest, I'll be honest, sometimes reading the Bible, preparing a sermon, Sunday comes every single week. And I'm like, oh, it's coming this week, and I don't know if I have much to give, and I need this to apply. And it feels like I'm just going through the motions. But Gilbert, I was bedridden. I don't know if it was eight years. It wasn't. But it's because he had knee surgery. And so it just connected the dots with me to bring the story out a little bit more. I think that's okay to do if we understand it's Jesus and we're just connecting the dots with a name. Okay. Then Peter said to him, Arenas, Jesus heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. What I find fascinating about this story, Peter did not say, hey, Arenas, what do you need? How can I help you? I see you. Is there a request that you have for me that, you can, that I can take before God? There's no question asked by Peter to this guy that was just like, hey, you need Jesus. He heals you. Get up and walk wait, like that seems kind of weird. And sometimes I think that would be the approach I would like to be able to take, or I'd like in my own life. to say, Hey Jeff, like your car, it looks like it needs help. Hey, I'll give you a new car. You don't have to ask me if I want a new car. Just give me a new car. It'd just be kind of nice to hear those things. This is signs and wonders. This is miraculous signs and wonders. This is from Hebrews who we don't know the author God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. He chose to do something miraculous. He chose to do something using this guy, Peter, just to prove that God cared about this man, Arenas, what he was going through. God just chose to do it because he could do miraculous signs and wonders. One of the things that he does, he provides the Holy Spirit that gives us fruit. It is plural, it's not literal. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I wish self-control was left off that list. Because I'm like, hey, I'm doing good. Except self-control, you've got to be kidding me. There is no law against these things. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us that is supernatural. Now, you can take a step back and look and say, what are Wesleyan's? Like, I know they kind of believe in the gifts, but they don't really promote the gifts. So is this the way that Pastor Jeff, a Wesleyan pastor, gets around saying the gifts of the Spirit and just says, you know, the gift, the sign, the miraculous wonder is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, yes. But I also believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I believe what God has done, God can still do. And God uses incredible things, sometimes outside of the United States, because there's greater faith, and God can do everything, and we've been raised well, God can do, but I don't think He will. So what I'm saying is signs and wonders, one of the greatest signs and wonders is that God would give us the fruit of His Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. But in the story that's in the Bible, and the Bible is representing God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, God could still do the same thing of using you to walk up to somebody and say, hey, God heals you, follow him. No stones were thrown, so I guess we're good. We're all on the same page. That's that's a good thing. Then the whole population of Lida and Sharon saw Arenas walking around and they turned to the Lord, the whole population. There was something that happened. And it does make me wonder that if God moved in this way, uh, here in Waterbury Center, where somebody that was bedridden for eight years that they were healed, if we would lift him up for that 15 minutes of fame and say, look, it's a miracle, instead of saying, look at Jesus. Jesus causes conviction and repentance. Jesus wants to change your life. Jesus wants to give you something more. And no, we just want to hey, look what happened, instead of look at who Jesus is and what he's calling us into and what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to produce in us, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what he desires of us. Not, hey, look! Bring over the cameras, write the newspaper article, look at this miracle. It's no, look at Jesus and what this will mean after the eight years of bedridden to walking each day following Jesus. Your reputation is what others think of you. Your character is what you truly are. This is this guy, Mr. Sanders. I had heard this before, but trying to give credit to the person and not saying, hey, I came up with this because I didn't come up with it, whereas at times I just change a couple words so it's not plagiarizing, but it's just if you don't know, you don't know. But this was the guy, Mr. Sanders. Your reputation is what others think of you. Your character is what you truly are. Huh, that's interesting. Well, this is a foreshadowing. This is a tease. This is setting you up for the next part of Acts chapter 9. Don't be a dork. Be a... Okay, It's hokey. It's silly. But I'm like, whenever I hear the norm name Dorcas in the Bible, I'm like, a dork. I don't even know what a dork is. Maybe it's inappropriate. I just thought kind of nerdy. It's just like, don't be this whatever. Be a Dorcas. Who was Dorcas? Well, Dorcas had a reputation that revealed her true character. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is called Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Her reputation was from her character of who she truly was. It wasn't just what she wanted people to see. It came from who she was. The character and the reputation lined up. And I love the Bible for multiple reasons. But I love how there was a believer named Tabitha. So they called her Tabitha. But in the Greek, it it is Dorcas. But we're going to call her Tabitha because we don't want to be offensive. So if somebody has a name that they're ashamed of or a past, you don't have to call them by that name. Well, that's your name, and I'm just stating facts. No, be a little bit more courteous when we talk about people. Be a little bit more kind and say, well, you know it's true. Well, it doesn't matter if it's true. Just be a little bit more kind. Have honey on your lips. Well, She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. This was her character. This is what she did. This is who she was. Luke often, this is from the Philoet Bible. This is a study note that I wasn't aware, but as I looked at it, it really made sense. Luke often uses both a male and a female example in sharing God's power. So if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read through the Gospels, it's interesting how Luke is very intentional to say God does not just use men as examples, but he also uses women. This is why it's so nice for me to say the Wesleyans have always believed that men and women are equal. It's not just over the last five years, 15 years, where it seems to be the hot topic, like we're trying to make people equal. It's like, no, the Bible has always been about people are equal. And Luke, Dr. Luke, he always says, like, here's a male example, but here's a female example, too. This is something to be celebrated. So it's not just one or not just the other. It's not just this is first, this is second. like, no, this is how God created us, that he loves all of us. If I belabored the point, it was on purpose so that we understand that God cares about everyone equally and calls everyone to repentance and faith in him. So, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. Her body had been... Washed and prepared for burial. There was time that went by from saying she's passed away to it's time to bury her. It wasn't just in that moment, in that hour, in that same day that she was there. Like maybe she was misdiagnosed. No, she had died and they had washed her body and prepared her for burial. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby. Who? Well, the guy that just helped Arenas, the guy that just had healed him, like he's close by. She's dead. Like we already prepared her body. Like you're kind of short on the draw. You're kind of like two minutes too late. You're kind of like, but don't he's nearby. So let's send two guys to beg him, please come as soon as possible. Don't you think it's a little bit late? Like, why? Like, if she died, like right now, and she took her last breath, go get him now. But no, it was, she's already been prepared for burial. But, but, but the believers had heard that Peter was nearby. The believers had heard that God had used this guy, Peter, to do miraculous things. The believers felt like, man, there's still a possibility because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever that he could do a miraculous thing. Please come as soon as possible. We've heard the stories, these stories of Jesus. What if he would do the same for us? This is what they thought. We've heard what Jesus has done. Maybe he could do it for us. We've heard about this revival, this awakening at Asbury down at this college with these kids that are idealistic, that they just think, oh, it's awesome, but they haven't really lived life, but they seem to be on fire for God. We've heard these stories. What if God could do it with us? Uh, We're independent. We're Vermonters. We grit our teeth. We call for help when we absolutely have to, but we don't want to because we're Vermonters, and we can get by. And I don't know if we need Jesus, but it would be nice if He showed up. We have heard these stories. What if we would just say, "Jesus, come here. We truly need you. You could do it for us as well." So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, he took. Uh, They took him upstairs. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coat and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. So Peter shows up and the room was filled with. The the room was filled with. The room was filled with. with The room, it doesn't say the room was filled with the women's ministry. The room was filled with the prayer team. The room was filled with the religious leaders. The room was filled with widows. Widows who were weeping and showing Peter the coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. This verse. I was like, I'm going to preach on this verse and only this verse. But then I had to give more context, so I had to use more verses. But this, like, why was a room filled with widows? Like, what is a widow? It's a wife whose husband had died, passed away, that wasn't there. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing what... Tabitha had made for them. So obviously, it seems now that I've studied it, looked at it, read it, reread it, thought about it, that Tabitha had a ministry to widows. She had shown compassion to those that had a great loss. She had been there not just to say, I'm praying with you, but I'm going to make something for you. I want to practically help you to give you a reminder that there's something that you can hold on to, something you can have, something that is special for you. I want you to know that I have a ministry to those people would say, especially in this day and age, you don't have a husband. You aren't worth much. In the ancient culture, that's what was spoken. And she said, hey, I want a ministry to the brightest light, the highest platform. No, I want to have a ministry to those that are empty and broken and by themselves and lost and lost. And they were weeping because they were filled with sorrow because they had known her character was the same as her reputation. Filled with widows. I wonder. I do. It's probably bad. It's not as bad as Bethany, who has her funeral planned out and what song she wants to sing and who she wants to sing them. It seems kind of weird. But I do wonder, like, who would show up at my funeral? Sometimes I wonder that. Maybe it's odd. Maybe it's narcissistic. Maybe it's just like a little bit of like, hey, who your pastor is. But I think I would like, I would hope that some of the guys that I played basketball with that never come to church, I. I hope they would be there. I hope some of the kids that I've coached or been around, like they would uh, maybe even shed a tear as there, maybe just one. You, like, you don't have to cry and be like a bumbling idiot, but at least a little tear might make me feel good, even though I'm dead and I'm in heaven. So it doesn't matter how I feel because I'm already good because I'm in heaven. But I just wonder like who would show up and, She had widows that God had used her to impact her life there. They were weeping and showing what Dorcas had made for them. They were showing off what this person had made for them. This is The Power of Moments. It's a great book. How do you create a defining moment? I really enjoy this book because talks about, like, what are some things that mean a lot to you? I could not find this because I'm kind of a collector. Bethany might say a hoarder, but kind of a collector of things. And I remember when I was in elementary school, there was a kid in high school, and he had this uh, helmet from the Vietnam War that was his uncle's. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I don't know why. I just thought it was really cool. And he had this helmet from his uncle in Vietnam. And so when he graduated high school, he actually gave me this gift of the helmet, which I can't find now. So maybe I'm purging or maybe you purge without me knowing. I don't know. But I can't find it. But I just thought, like, I remember when I was in, like, fifth grade that James Jennings had this helmet. And then he gave me this helmet because he could tell how much it meant to me. And then I've had it. And I'm older now. And I just still look at this helmet. And I remember the kindness that James sent, gave to me because I remembered, like, it just meant so much when I was a little boy. What What are we... Giving to others that they remember, that they just remember that kindness. They remember like, hey, they saw me. I was a fifth grader. I was young, and this is a senior in high school. But he just thought, hey, this is something nice, kind that I could do for Jeff. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room, which is kind of weird in itself. But that was the time, the day and age, the culture, the context. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed, turning to the body. He said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. So if you'll allow me, if you'll allow me, Peter He knelt down, so the body was laying. It wasn't seated. It's not Weekend at Bernie's. So the body was laying, so he knelt down. Now, I don't know what Peter did. I know if I put myself in the story, I might be, like, listening for breath or trying to see, like, this is bad, how bad does a body smell, or did they really wash her with the same spices like they used for Jesus? And does it smell good or does it smell like a corpse? Does it smell like a corpse prepared for burial, or does it smell like hey, they didn't do a good job? He was kneeling next to her. And I don't know if he was listening for her voice or her breath or listening for God's voice and God's word and listening for what God had. But he knelt down and he prayed to God about Tabitha. I do find it amusing too that it says he called her Tabitha. He didn't call her Dorcas. He may have said, hey, if you wake up, I'm calling you Tabitha, and I'm making sure everybody I talk to knows your name is Tabitha, not Dorcas. I don't know what Peter was thinking or what he was saying, but I know he knelt down and he prayed for God to do something. And when God spoke to him, he said, get up, Tabitha. He physically kneeled down and prayed, which seems so obvious. But why? With Arenas, did he not physically kneel down and pray? God just used him to see this guy healed that was bedridden for eight years. And you could say, well, Tabitha was dead, Arenas just had a leg issue. And you'd probably be right. But there was something to it that he knew he needed that extra power, that extra word of God, that he would be obedient. And he said, get up, Tabitha. She opened her eyes when she saw Peter. He gave her his hand and helped her up. So I want us to see he physically knelt down and prayed. Then he gave her his hand and helped her get up. Sometimes we look at people and say, hey, God bless you. You need Jesus. You said the sinner's prayer. You got baptized. That's awesome. When God is saying, I want you not just to kneel and pray with them, but I want you to give them your physical hand and help them up, to sit with them, to read God's word with them, to cry with them as Tabitha did with the widows, as Tabitha made the clothes and the different things for them. She spent time, and maybe I'm just... Uh, curious, but I wonder if when she was making the clothes, if she was praying, God, just help whoever this is going to. Maybe she had a name in mind. God, just bless this person because they're going through a hard time. Maybe a reminder of your goodness, of your comfort, that you're always with them. Maybe uh, Tabitha just invested so much in preparing the clothes that she, when she gave to the widows, that they were so soaked and immersed in prayer that there was something different about it. It wasn't just a piece of clothing, but it was something that was given for the, the only sake that God was there and just surrounded in prayer as we pray for people do we continue in prayer or do we say hey i prayed for him who's the next one the news spread through the whole town and many believed in the lord and peter stayed a long time in joppa living with simon a tanner of hides Tanner of Hides, like who cares about a Tanner of Hides? Why does the Bible give detail when the Bible doesn't give so many other details? Well, sometimes the Bible gives details because it's important. And sometimes the Bible doesn't give other details because they're not important. But this Tanner of Hides, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's the same thing, but like a Tanner of hides, it's like a taxidermist. Like you take dead things and like you use what's usable for the rest. And this in the Jewish culture was known as being unclean. So this is also came from the Filament Bible app that kind of revealed this study note that uh, unclean was not something Peter or the Jewish culture wanted anything to do with because they're about following the exact law. But Jesus didn't say follow the law. He said, follow me. And so Peter was less concerned about the law and the tanner of hides and more concerned about living with Simon a fellow brother so he stayed a long time living with simon so some of you know maybe Garrett's watching hey Garrett how are you some of you might know like uh, we we try to reach out and try to be there for people but what if you have somebody that says hey can i rent a room from you and you're like sure you can rent a room and then it's been 2 years I'm not giving you an answer. I'm just saying, just what if? But in this example, Peter knew he belonged because of the hospitality that Simon the Tanner provided for him. So we're going to pick that up next week when we talk about Okay, you can kneel and pray. You can give a hand. You can help them up. You can see God move. You can understand miraculous things are going to happen because we're obedient to God and it's not us. It's just who Jesus is. But then when God says, no, I want you to study the Bible with them. I want you to spend more time with them. I want them to know that you actually care for them. Care for people. How do we show that we care for people by being there with people by being there with people so that's where we're going to pick up next week Jesus we thank you for your word we thank you for the stories of how you've been faithful how you show up how you use ordinary people we thank you God because you want us to live in and live out the fruit of your spirit we Thank you that you're calling us to be involved in places where miracles are happen, happening because of your salvation. But Jesus, we just thank you because you are good, and you forgave us, and you love us. We thank you, God, because your mercies are new every morning. And it's in your name, Jesus, we say thank you. Amen. Well, amen and amen. You are dismissed.